can't move forward alone. You got to move forward together. Um, that is an incredibly powerful lesson that today's guest learned uh, as a sophomore in high school. Um, today, we're going to sit down. I'm super excited. I'm so incredibly honored to have him on the show. Um, we're going to sit down and chat with uh, Arshay Cooper. Arshay is a rower, an award-winning author, a motivational speaker, um, and just a straight-up awesome human being. Um, recently, Arshay has been doing like months and months of interviews and the guy is insanely busy uh he wrote this book and it's called a most beautiful thing the book is absolutely incredible i cannot say enough about it and recently his story and his team's story was turned into a full-length documentary uh both the book and the film are called the most beautiful thing uh and it's this really kind of hopeful story revolving around the power of friendship, the power of finding a purpose and utilizing a community towards a, a common goal. Arshe was a part of the first all African-American rowing team in the country. Uh, and basically when he was growing up in the nineties, I mean, you got to read the book. You got to read his memoir. Uh, he grew up in a really um, impoverished part of uh, West Chicago. And one day he was given this opportunity and he was given an opportunity to basically realize and establish core values, these skills that he had within him as a leader, as a person who is absolutely wonderful at just bringing people together. And he became the captain of the team. And you can see how this team changed his life and how he has changed the lives of others uh, because of it. Um, it's an amazing story. Arshe is just an incredible dude. Uh, his film is going to be released today when i put this out so october 30th on amazon prime um you need to check it out it is an absolutely beautiful film um and especially right now i feel like as as people are being isolated driven apart in certain ways the film is so much about just bringing people together um and that's it's throughout it's so obvious throughout and it's so wonderful to see and i'm so glad that he's out there um spreading this message you can't move forward alone you gotta move forward together and i think that is one of the most absolutely powerful lessons anybody can learn let alone a sophomore in high school after speaking with arche he really he brought this idea about the power of an opportunity. Um, people are going to rise to the occasion if they're given the opportunity to. And luckily for Arshe, he was given this opportunity to become a young leader. And as a leader, he's absolutely he's humble and he works his absolute hardest and he gives to others with all that he has. And he was able to have this opportunity to discover this passion, not just for rowing, but this passion 
for being successful and bringing all of these people from various neighborhoods and various gangs. He brought them together in this one boat to work towards this common goal. And that opportunity is absolutely priceless. And I know that through his activism, he is all about giving opportunity to young people and giving opportunities that people in impoverished areas may not have otherwise. And I think there is no greater purpose in life than that. And I think that is so beautiful. And I think honestly, at the end of the day, that truly is the most beautiful thing um, that he's speaking of in his, both in his film and in his book. Um, so make sure you're following along with the story. Make sure you're supporting him. Watch the film. You will not regret it. You're going to hear about it anyways. It's going to make big waves. Um, make sure you check out his website. I linked it on here, but there's the most beautiful thing or a most beautiful thing inclusion fund. Uh, and that is going to donate money uh, to the George Pocock Rowing Foundation, which promotes opportunities in the sports of rowing to uh, to more kind of diverse communities. Um, let's get right into it, though. I am so excited. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 224 with Arshe Cooper. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Um, this week, I am beyond excited um, sitting down interviewing Arshe Cooper. He's an author of this incredible book called The Most Beautiful Thing. Uh, there's a wonderful documentary out right now, which I definitely want to dive into. Uh, but I have to ask this. I, as a new father who is going about doing a billion interviews, like, how are you handling that? Like, how do you find that? <laughs> <laughs> it's busy, man. I think, you know, honestly, you know, uh, it's a lot to talk about when it comes to rowing, but rowing is like a six day a week sport, right? You have to spend yeah. hours of beating on your craft. Cause it's not really just about like athletic abilities. It's input output. What you get in is what you get out of it. And so as a young person, it really helps you with your time management. Right. And uh, you know, school life, friends, and then you have rowing and then weekend regattas, right? So um, learning time management is something that you, you, you learn uh, early on. But I am I'm dealing, it with, dealing uh, with it cool. It's great. You know, you have uh, days where it's stressful and it's a lot, you know, but, you know, virtually being in like six cities a day seems pretty, pretty cool, I guess. But, you know, I, I love it because I was afraid before COVID you know, uh, before COVID hit, I was like, oh my God, this schedule, I'm never going to see my baby in her first yeah. year, Yeah. you know? Um, and then uh, COVID happened. And uh, so I get to see her every day and, and, and still speak and do my thing. So it's a lot of, a lot of joy in that. And, you know, I'm still trying to figure out to figure out how to balance the time. But someone once said that um, it's like riding a bicycle uh, to keep your balance. You just have to keep going. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm making it happen. <laughs> yeah. How, uh, I mean, I have to imagine that that can, you mentioned like there are days that are really stressful. Like, how do you manage that? Do you have any strategies or is it mostly just like going about it, ticking off the to-do list, things like yeah, that? Yeah, it's clicking off the to-do list and having a wife that's super supportive, right? Yeah, and, that and, helps. And, and, and helping. Um, but, you know, when, when you say it's super stressful, it's like it, the work is great because people want to learn. 
and they want to understand, especially in this time in our country, which is awesome. But I think is you know, you saw the film, we'll get more into that later, but spending five, six hours a day talking about like the trauma, what's yeah. happening in the world today, your teammates, yeah. your mom, they kind of is like, wow, I'm tired, you know, but, um, yeah. you know, but what keeps me going is the messages in my inbox, right. And in, in my email and in my social media of a young kid saying, because I saw this film, I want to do more. Right. Um, hearing from someone that's like, you know, white dude, Harvard class of 54 was like, I did not see the world in this way. And you gave me a lot of insight on the things I need to change through this film. Right. And, um, you know, messages from LAPD. That's like, you know, I, what can I do? How can I do more? Right. And so those keep you going and keep you excited and shows you that like the, you, you, the, the results are, is, is coming in is things are happening. It's exciting. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's the stuff that probably just drives you and like feeds that energy to keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. Well, uh, as a middle school science teacher, I have to say this week we are I was teaching about Newton's third law, which is the poetic, like every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Mm. And I was teaching about that and I watched your film and obviously in rowing, that's like the more you push back against the water, the quicker you're going to be driven forward. You know, like that's the really obvious uh, analogy there. But there's also this idea of like what you're putting out to the world with the positivity and and what was put out to you by starting this rowing team in the 90s that's going to also have these amazing reactions and it's awesome to see yeah absolutely absolutely love that love love that point and, and you know and i think too you just saying that it's like when it comes to like these coaches we had they help us to understand things like this coach jessica was a, a science teacher yeah uh, one of our coaches that we had but um you know how do we use these lessons inside the boat uh, inside the boat, outside of the boat, they just as important, you know, like, for example, we should, they always say, leave the boathouse better than you found it, right? Even if you don't make the mess. And I'm like, what? Like, we can't just leave it how we found it, right? But it, it was a metaphor. This, like, how do I leave my community better than I found it, right? How can I leave you this conversation better than I found it, right? How can I leave the classroom every day I step into the better than I found it, right? And 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 that was the lesson that our coach would mention every day and say every day. And it's a simple yeah. lesson that we use in life. Like simply, I want the world, I want the classroom, I want my community, I want the sport to be better because I'm here. And so it's all these little lessons that really helped us in, in, the, in our future. Yeah, yeah. Well, what other kind of like guiding principles has led you you know, day by day. I mean, you don't just wake up one day and have a, a incredible, hopefully future award-winning documentary, you know, filmed about you. Like what principles kind of just steered the boat for you? Yeah, I think one was, um, you know, I like, you know, most boats are eight boats of eight people, right? And the lesson I learned from there is that I can't do the work of eight people, but I need eight people to do the work yeah. and we get that much faster, right? So everything I do, how can I build a team around this idea or this mission or this purpose, right? Even becoming a chef at some point in my life, like I had to understand that it takes the whole boat, right? Moving together, building that connection and in order to, to move forward, right? And I understand like when you think about the community work, um, there are communities where a four is pulling an eight and everyone's tired. How do I get 
law enforcement to pull this community with us? How do I get teachers or business owners to move together? Because if you don't, it's going to affect the whole boat. And uh, those small distractions really impact the greater um, the greater cause, right? And yeah. so that principle was something that I was definitely able to take from high school all the way until now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know in the book you talked about um, a really kind of rough moment in eighth grade and missing a lot of classes. And as a, as a teacher myself, I'm like, it just opens your mind. And obviously, as you're teaching, you're aware that kids are going through hardships but to actually hear it from someone's perspective and, and to have it so eloquently written down where it's like, oh my God, like I had no idea. Like I might've known the surface level stuff, but I had no idea what was going on deeper. Um, I just, I think that's a really just powerful thing for people to realize and understand with anybody they're interacting with. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and if you think about like, I mean, I know these, especially these teachers from like the West Side of Chicago, they go through so much, but in that job, you you have to understand what these young people are going through. We all know, like you said, that they're going through something, but when a young kid miss, you know, 60 days of school, it's not because he's lazy or because he just don't want to be there. Like how and why, you know? And so, um, yeah, that it was rough, you know, and, 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 and it was, you know, you have young people who are like just, so smart and so brilliant, so intelligent, but it's so hard to focus on um, what's 20% of half or who really discover America when you're like, I'm not going to eat when I get home. Or, yeah. I didn't eat yesterday, you know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, and, and so there's always these things that affect our learning and, and, and our uh, attendance when it comes to class, you know what I mean? And how do we zero in on what's actually happening? What can we do outside of the, um, the eight to two thirty hours to make sure that, you know, they can be at school and feel safe. Yeah. 100% man. Um, I was curious, you know, in you write about the moment where you see a boat in the cafeteria, free pizza, free pizza will get anybody to do anything. It's amazing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like, do you feel like you were on a different path, like a path towards success even before that moment? Or was that really the, the you know the moment where yeah i felt the path to a success when my mama came home from her recovery you know like you know she's a drug addict for a long time and 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 she dealt with a lot of trauma from her parents who dealt with a lot of trauma in the south right when it came to jim crow laws and segregation and you know and the only thing my mom had was like you know the resources was like hey take this bottle and you won't have to feel anymore if you drink this alcohol right and we had to pay for that trauma. And so, um, you know, when she came home from her recovery, she totally changed. She was like, read these books, right? Study. And then she got two jobs. And then there was these mentors from her, these friends from her recovery who became mentors in my life. So I was on my way to understanding that I can do better. But what rowing did is gave me the opportunity and the access to activate that that entrepreneurial that leadership mindset right like i needed an opportunity to be a leader i needed an opportunity to travel i needed an opportunity to accomplish my dreams and i didn't have that you know uh, our our community had very limited resources and and opportunities and that's what rowing did for me and um and so yeah that's but i knew when i saw that boat right 
and I saw that TV monitor of them, them showing the Olympic games, I felt like, oh, this may be something good, even yeah. though I was suspicious. But it's funny that the, uh, looking at the um, TV monitor and not seeing the images of people who look like me kind of was like, I'm not doing it. It was a lot of hesitation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think that once that, once, once that pizza came, it was like the icebreaker, right? It's, yeah. like that pizza was there. We had a piece of pizza and they gave this amazing speech that really um, caught my attention. Yeah. What was it about the, the speech that, that caught the opportunity, just the opportunity that you had in front of you? Yeah. I think that what it was, you know, again, like I told you, it was a lot of hesitation at first, right? Because the rowers, the fans, no one looked like me. So I was like, I am not doing that. Right. Um, But I think before the speech, walking up to the gym room and seeing the coaches, right. One coach um, was a person of color, right. A black man. I was like, okay, someone been here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and representation matters. Right. And so number one, that was like, okay. Um, you know, I know that there may be teammates that look like me, but have a person in power and leadership that look like me really, I felt like right away that someone would advocate for me. Number two, in the 90s, there was like, when it came to like boys basketball team, football team, baseball team, there were no women coaches. But to have a woman coach there um, was great because, you know, I was raised by women right? Mother, grandmother, most of the teacher were women, right? We were, yeah. I, was, I was very comfortable with them. And so having that really said, okay, like, I can gravitate towards her. I know there's some, you know, someone has some sympathy for a young man, you know, it usually came from women. And, um, and then Ken giving this amazing speech about what we can accomplish now. When people talk about basketball and football it's like you can make it to the nba you yeah can make a lot of money you can bet you can buy a house and i'm like that's that that's gonna be years from now but rowan it was like you get to travel now you build a bond now you go downtown outside of your neighborhood every day now you overcome and learn how to swim so you learn how to swim and overcome the fear of water now so all the things that i needed immediately in my life this sport was offering it right away and that's when i was like okay i got i, I got to um, be a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I know you mentioned the power of mentorship, but I was curious too. I think there's a, I think something I connected with and it's just funny. There's a lot of the whole, um, experience of just being really passionate about a high school sport that comes across, especially in the book. There's this like, you, it's obvious that you fell in love with it very, very quickly and wanted the best for your team. And I definitely connected to that aspect. And I was just curious, like, there's a time where you realize, like, not only are the people in the coaching positions, not only do they have the opportunities to be mentors, but your fellow teammates have opportunities to be mentors. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think that um, one of the things that the, the coaches set up for us, they understood, like, before we go in, into this neighborhood and just start a program, what does, this, what does the community need, right? And I think one of the things that was missing is young mentorship. I mean, yeah. young leaders really stepping up, right? Yeah. And, and another thing is that young people having jobs, like young people will quit because they want to work. And they yeah. want to make money because they don't have it. And so what the coaches um, offered was an opportunity to, to work and to have a job, right? 
but that job was um, working with young people who are like third, fourth grade in the summer, right? And we would get paid for that. But that put us in a position where we knew we had to be leaders, right? And, and that they was looking up to us. And so that made us better individuals, better leaders. It made us more mature to understand that finally someone's looking up to me as <laughs> yeah. a 16 year old, right? Yeah. Like, I can't do this. I can't say this. You know what I mean? And, and, and that really helped um, uh, the way we walk through our communities, right? Understanding that people, uh, uh, the way people look at us and now they see us as leaders. And so I was like, you know, I can't do that, man. This kid's looking at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't do that. And, and, and so that, that, that was really, um, something that we we embraced and you know and, and you know we all were like born leaders but um i think too that rowers take leaders and and make them into followers because we had to follow each other in the boat right so really following our coaches and 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 doing what they do and what they demonstrated was pretty easy when we went into these positions of of uh, uh in, of workers and we understood what we had to do and what we had to say. And from there, um, um, it, it, it was great. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I taught a leadership class last year and it was interesting because like you said, there's all these strong personalities, strong leaders, and you're like, sometimes being a good leader is actually being able to follow and, and work together and communicate. And yeah. yeah, it's just, it's rowing. I've never, I've never rowed. I, I'm intimidated by rowing. It looks like when you caught a crab in the yeah. boats, like you showed in the movie, like people just flipping over. I'm like, that looks terrifying. But, yeah. uh, but I love the idea of, um, and I wrote this quote down that, that I think you guys said is you can't move forward alone. You got to move forward together. I just love that idea so much. Yeah. And yeah. I think too, it's like, you know, it was, we were in Chicago in the nineties, right? That's when Michael Jordan was winning everything. And looking at his life and the way he did things, like he was great, like he was yeah. great, but he understood to be even more great. It's not just about me. How do I get, you know, whenever you walk into a school or, uh, or onto a team, like everyone knows who the, the most competitive or the most um, athletic person in the room or who's the smartest person in the room. Right. And for us, we all knew who was the strongest person in the room, but how, what Michael Jordan did was like, how can I get everyone else to be as good as I am, right? And that's when you move, start moving forward together, right? And I think that on our team, it was, there's no Michael Jordan. You have eight people, four people moving in the same direction, right? No one's better than the other. So how do I get everyone else working the way I work? was like always the goal, right? For that person who was the best on the team. And, and that's how you pretty much move together as one yeah um as someone who was just incredibly hardworking, and you know it seemed like you were self-assured like once you found this like you're all of a sudden like i know i know the path i see the path before me now um how did you get the other guys on board like when when you might have had moments of group struggle or even in the documentary coming back you know in your late 30s uh to get a team together you know relationships right yeah. is all, all relationships understanding uh each individual strength and weaknesses right they all they call it the uh the sandwich method right when you see someone that's like 
doing something that they should be doing. Like Alvin, who was fighting all the time, I was like, "Hey, man, like you're pretty strong. Like, yeah, you're awesome. You're, you're like you're gonna be good." But I see you fighting all the time, right? And he had to explain to me why it was really to be protected, right? And I was like, "Yeah, I understand that." but what can we do moving forward? Like, how can we work together? You, you have the goods, you're intelligent, right? And I would show up at your house every day. He saw yeah. that, right? So it was like showing up for him was like, okay, I had him. Whenever I asked him to do something, he'd do it. I'm like, hey, can you grab that? Can you do that? He'd do it. And then it was with the other guys. Hey, Malcolm, let me go over your house. We'd love to meet your mom, right? And then making his mom laugh, right? And, and seeing that was like, oh, wow, this, this guy's a good, good dude. So it was really understanding, getting to know every person, and, and, and their strength and their weaknesses that allow people to, to trust me, right? And again, this is stuff I learned from, from the leaders we had. I, re, I, said, it, I said in the book, it's like uh, a bank account, right? You can't uh, get a withdrawal unless you make a deposit, right? If you, if, you, if you go to the bank and you make no deposits, you won't get a withdrawal, right? And yeah. I think in our neighborhood, everyone saw us as like bad kids, right? And so when you have an interaction with a teacher or a security guard in school, they just talk at you. Coaches talk at you. Don't do that. The only time they speak to you is don't do that. What are you doing? Other than that, it's like, no, no, no how you been? How's your life? What keeps you up at night? And our coaches were able to ask us those questions, right? What keeps you going? What keeps you up at night? So every time we had a bad day, every time it was hard, they was it they was able to get a withdrawal because they made so many deposits before. So it was really, I was basically this young person that was going around making deposits in everyone's life. And so whenever I needed to get a withdrawal, I, I was able to get it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's impressive too, because I just know from my experience, like when you're growing up and you're a guy, you're so closed off from, from emotions and it takes that learning to, figure out like how do I ask my friends like how they're actually feeling you know yeah. like sometimes we'll talk about we'll talk about things but it won't actually dig into anything that's actually important to anyone's life um and so learning that skill from your mentors uh sounds like that was like a huge positive for you yeah yeah and it's also learning too from like I was sitting my mom recovery meetings yeah yeah and listening to these guys I was like fascinated with these stories of change from these guys you know yeah who will say, who will talk about these kind of things. And, um, and that's why I appreciate different organizations that not only invest in kids, but the whole family, right? The parents, sometimes, you know, people are like, we only taking the kids to a college campus. That's it. It's all about the kids. The parents have never even been on a college campus, but if they did yeah. and they saw the things that we saw, they're going to be like, I want to do whatever it takes for my kids to experience this. But some yeah. parents have never walked foot on the campus, right? It's a lot of first generation kids nowadays in, in, you know, in, in, in our country uh, when it comes to going to college. So I think the fact that we had an organization that worked with the whole family, it kind of helped me mature a lot early, you know? And so um, I think that's something that's really important that we, as a, you know, with nonprofits, don't go there, but like, we just want your kids. How can we build a relationship? Like, how can we get the parents on the water? How can we get yeah. the parents going to college campus? You know what I mean? I think you, uh, you know, and you, everyone gets to grow together instead of separately, you know? Because yeah. sometimes people are like, the kids are great, but these parents, <laughs> let's, you know, let's off, how, how do we offer the parents the same, you know, resources? Like, how can we help them too? So yeah. I think it's something we should start to think about. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting you you hit out something there as a teacher who has parent teacher conferences today 
I'll keep that in, I'll keep that in mind. Um, I want to ask, like, I know you do a lot of, uh, your own mentorship programs, public speaking, uh, a lot, a lot of times to kids, do, do you involve the parents or is this just an idea that you're kind of working on? Oh, no, 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 no. We definitely do. And it was something I didn't really think about until a few years back. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we have to get the parents, um, at our meetings, we have to get the parents involved in our regattas, right? And it's like, make your favorite meal, right? And then now when it comes to like bringing in college coaches, um, you know, we, we make sure parents are there. Even when I have one-on-ones, not all the time, but most of the time it's like, hey, we want, we, we want your mother there. But we also offer like, you know, I would do these indoor workouts, right? For, yeah. for young people at schools. And I'm like, all right, we need to do one for the, just the parents, right? Because they want to work out too. Yeah. But again, it's like, hey, you have young people, we're going to give you an opportunity to be in shape. And then the parents are like, okay, that's cool. Thanks for having my kid. But if we give them <laughs> the same opportunity, right? It's, it's also the same time now. Now it's like, also, okay, now we get to deposit into, into parents' lives and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, it's something that I'm now starting to incorporate. And now talking to other people about, uh, uh, how to incorporate um, some some parent activity in some of these these events? You think about in the film, you saw a part where Malcolm, dad was like, "No, like yeah. you're not, you have nothing to do with this," and, and you understand that right away. Someone comes and say, "I want a white," and your neighborhood say, "I want your kid," and and you're not really involved in it, you know it. And especially when you have a parent who grew up in the South who had negative experiences with people in that world. So you want to yeah. take my kid and bring him to an all-white space, but you have some experience that, that just was not good, right? Yeah. And so I think when we can approach now parents or even just like uh, people going to school and be like, hey, we want to teach kids how to roll. Some schools are like, no, but if we can get even teachers having team building days on the water to help understand the healing power yeah. Um, the great nature of the sport and, and we get parents involved, I think they, uh, they would be excited to release their kids to someone who, who's not just about their kid, but about the family in the community. Yeah. Well, and I think just the, like one of my favorite parts of the whole movie was at the end when all your guys' moms were out there and there's just, you know, it's the love of a mother seeing their kids do something that they're just proud of. And yeah. that's so, it was so awesome to see. And that, I don't know, it's just such a, just kind of like an adrenaline shot of like positivity by seeing that and yeah. to get more parents involved. That's huge. Have you, uh, have you got any parents on the water? Uh, no, because right. We, you know, people were excited and then COVID hit after the film. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, we are hoping to, and then we, we are now, uh, working with a few committees who now are excited about engaging parents yeah. um, to, to the, to the sport. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Well, Hey, I got to ask about the film. Like how did this even come about? Like I, how it's just great that you turned your story, which is so powerful into a beautiful film. That's going to be so accessible to so many people. Yeah, everyone, you know, said this story should be a film one day, should be a film one day. Yeah. And um, I would tweet out to people like Spike Lee and everyone else. Yeah. They, you know, they, they never heard me. But, um, you know, but Mary Mazio, uh, who's the film director, read the book, the self-published book. And uh, she tweeted out, hey, R. Shea Cooper, a great book. I love the story. And I kind of looked her up and I was like, hey, let's get on the phone, right? Would you ever? And she was like, Yes. And um, and she was an Olympic rower as well, 
you know? So that was exciting to, to be able to work with someone who knows Rowan and who knows film. And um, right away, she did a film many years ago with Grant Hill. And yeah. she's like, Grant Hill was the first person she got involved. I was like, dang, Grant Hill. <laughs> you know, and, and from there, Grant Hill was like, I'm going to get Common, Chicago guy. You know, first I was thinking, narrator, you know, narration, everyone think of Morgan Freeman, like, give me Morgan <laughs> Freeman, you know. But, um, you know, but Common seemed right. And, and, and then Dwayne Wade and all these people yeah. were really, really excited about uh, the impact in our lives, not you know, sometimes we, people will say, did they win? Did they win? I'm not interested. But the impact that was made really caught their attention. And that it wasn't about medals, right? It's about impact. And, um, and so they was, they was all in. And, you know, the first, this, the doc was just going to be about the history of the team. Yeah. And I was like, no, we need to go back to the water, you know? And so I called up the Olympic coach and he was <laughs> like, yeah, this is exciting, you know? And, um, and we were ready to go. And it was really, you know, um, like that barbershop scene spent, took hours, but it was like, you know, all these, these stories that we've been telling for the last 20 years, people want to see it, you yeah. know, they can read it, but how do I see it? Especially the kids. Right. And, and the parents like, we missed all this. How can we ever go back and catch it again? And uh, so it was, it was great to be able to recreate, all those stories yeah yeah well and i love the idea of like i think as people get a little bit older sometimes they're like my athletic days are behind me but i like you just being like no 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 <laughs> we're coming back and i love yeah. did you notice like in your in your rowing team like in your group of friends like did you notice all of a sudden once everybody had this thing to train for and this purpose to train for did you notice any like spark there uh, I was, you broke up a little bit, Chris. Oh, I was saying, did yeah, you notice any like spark of motivation once you brought that idea to everybody? Oh yeah, definitely. And it, yeah, I think the film say, you know, everyone came back for different reasons, you know, yeah. but it was like, um, you know, I think, at, you know, I think the Olympic, having the Olympic coach was like, dude, like everyone gets to know <laughs> who we are. I mean, it's really hard to get like a great rowing coach to coach you, but the Olympic coach, I think that was like, uh, real, that really excite the guys. But I think, again, like being able to challenge, the first idea was to challenge the private school teams like San Ignatius and um, Loyola again. So we tried to reach out yeah. from the races back in the 90s to get them <laughs> involved, right? And uh, it was hard getting a hold of them. So that, kept, that was the first spark. We was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But, um, you know, we were already ready to go and already training. So that didn't happen. And, you know, I, I mentioned like, okay, let's, let's just join this. Let's just race this regatta. Cause it's going to be a scrimmage against those guys. Yeah. But we don't like, you know what, let's get to the sprints, which is the first race we lost as, as young people. And, and, uh, and so that's how that spark kept going. That's awesome, man. That's, that's so cool. And then after, you know, now that it's out and it's gotten, let me just tell you this story really quick. I was camping in Leadville, Colorado, in the middle of the woods. Okay. Uh, and my in-laws pulled up in their RV and they were camping out in that thing. And I walked in there and they were listening to, uh, NPR and you were on NPR. And I was like, this is the dude. I like had the book. I'm like, this is the dude from the book. Really? Are you serious? Yeah. And I was like, 
this is crazy, man. And then that was after I originally emailed you and I was like, yeah, man, he has like a billion places probably trying to email him right now. And so that's when I gave, I gave up the persistence for a little bit. You gave up for a little bit. I, I saw that. Yeah. Hey, so how did you, so how did you hear about the book? Um, yeah. So good question. Uh, my, a guy I interviewed for the podcast, which was one of my favorite episodes, uh, John Peterson. Um, he said he had been emailing back and forth with you a bit. He ended up rowing a boat to Antarctica with a couple guys last winter, which is mind blowing. Um, and I loved interviewing him and he's a, also an educator. So we've kind of been messaging back and forth and he's like, Hey man, like you should interview this guy, Arshay. He's written this great book. And I, as soon as I just read like the synopsis, I'm like, Amazon order the book right away. Like <laughs> that kind of thing. So, so yeah, man. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen, so I guess we were joking before this about uh, just persistency, but for me personally, I'm like, man, I think persistency and consistency in action, those are superpowers that anybody and everybody has that like has accessible to them. Like, have you found that in your life as well? Yeah, I think, you know, again, it started with doing, you know, it's not like in our sport, it's not like you get to switch positions or, you know, play basketball where you can do many different things and dunk yeah. or shoot or shoot a free throw or crossover or even in football. But Rowan is like, you doing the same thing over <laughs> and over and over again for 20 minutes, 30 minutes and you're pulling, right? And I think that my attitude every day is knowing that like, I, you know, there's no timeouts is that I just have to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And that helped us to be consistent, right? Like yeah. it was just the, our bodies, like we had to keep moving, you know, again, like when you're out in the water, you're not like sitting there with your oars, like you two, two hours of practice, you know? And again, that was some of the stuff that our coach would say, what you do in this boat, right? Is just as important uh, outside of the boat, you have to do the same thing outside of the boat, right? And and so it it was like in our minds, right, that we have to continue to do and show up every day. But it was the constant action too of yeah. doing it, right? And so that like those lessons, I I sat down after my experience with rowing and and talked about all the lessons inside the boat and how can I use it outside the boat and study and how can I teach it? How can I teach those lessons to young people even if they've never been on the boat? Right. And so, but I had to also use it right in my life. Right. And implement it in my life. And so um, that's, you know, that's why I'm, you know, a person of action. Right. And, 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 and I have to see it uh, before it happens. Right. In, in my mind and you write it out and then you just go after it. But my mom used to always say that if you, if you see the need, meet the need. Right. And, 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 and that comes with a lot of uh, persistence and, and action. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, you're 100% right when you talked about just having those opportunities earlier. Um, Cause you can tell a young person all these great lessons and tell them all these great quotes and all this stuff, but they have to actually go out and experience it. And to give someone a safe space, like, you know, on the water to go out and learn these lessons for themselves, that is huge. Yeah. And you know, you know, with the, with the sport of rowing, you see a person like Shaq, 
who spent years, 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 like tons of years working on his free throws and never got good at it, right? Uh, or you, you have a person that's a really good hitter and spent years trying to learn how to pitch, but never learned how to pitch. And with yeah. growing, it's like, that's something you see, it's something that you, you see no matter what you do in the sport. It's like, the more you put in, it's just a technique sport. You're doing the same thing over and over again, but what you improve every single day. With other sports, there's things you work on where you don't improve, right? But without a doubt, in rowing, you improve, you improve every day. And I think that's, that thing showed my team, that specific situation in the sport shows that you can improve every single day, right? And, um, and, and as a young person, right, those, like as we talked about those lessons, I learned if it was my speech, right, um, if it was my schoolwork that I can approve every day. I wasn't ever in a situation where I saw myself improving every day until I sat on that earth. And I'm like, wow. So all I have to do is just work at the same thing every day and I, I can improve, you know? And, and um, Light bulb moment, right? Yeah, light bulb moment, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I got to ask you really quick too about being a chef before we leave. Uh, <laughs> um, I saw, I read online, you were a chef for uh, WWE. Is this true? Yes, that is true. How much food do you have to cook for those guys? Someone lied. I used to work with WWE. No, it was uh, it was awesome, man. I think like one of the best jobs I ever had, and I got that job right after cooking school. You know, I didn't even think I was gonna get the job. You know, I'm like, this is my friend was like, you gotta go for the job. I was like, there's no way I'm gonna get that job. There's gonna be people who (laughs) working for 20 years in the industry that would get the job, and um, I got the job, and you know. And the guy said, the reason you got the job because of my experience in high school. He said, because of what you did as a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid is the reason why you have the job today, wow. right? That was awesome, right? So it shows, like, what you do as a young person matters years later, you know? Yeah. It's so important, you know? And um, and so my first day on the job, I see, like, John Cena, you know, The Undertaker, and I'm, like, freaking out. This, <laughs> this is, honest to God, if I am not lying to you. First day on the job, I'm like, and it's when the flip phones first came out. I had a flip phone in my pocket. <laughs> and um, this guy, he was working security for WWE. It was his first day on the job. Vince McMahon walks in. He started taking out his cameras first day of the job. It just started shooting pictures. And everybody's like, and he took his phone. One of the securities took his phone and broke it. You know, I was like, oh, man, you can't play around. Like, <laughs> you know. So for my, my first few months were like just like working my butt off, not even like messing around. Yeah. And then I got to just get to know those guys and they eat just protein, meat all day yeah. long. Just meat, 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 meat. And um and it wasn't just cooking for the wrestlers, it was cooking for the camera crew, yeah. security guards, uh, the refs. But it was all those guys are awesome, man. Th- their life is pretty crazy. You know, they go to the hotel and people are screaming and yelling. But um I was able to build relationships with a lot of those guys. And it was awesome. You know, you'd go into an arena, right? And there's an empty room. You have to make it into a restaurant in, in the early hours, right? And, and it's 16-hour days. It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're all day until it's time to wrestle. And, um, but, yeah, it was, a lot, it was a lot of meat. It was weird, though, because, like, some of the ladies, they, you, you can get fined for eating certain things like cookies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah like, oh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty nuts. But uh, it, it was a good job. It was, it was, it was a fun job. 
while it lasted. Did that like, did you have to, I mean, did that allow you to like see the world or the United States? Yes. I imagine yes, you're traveling yes. a lot. A lot, a lot. You had SmackDown and Raw. So we were gone. It was like, I rotated like four days a week on the road and then three days a week, four days a week, three days a week, four days a week, three days a week. Dang. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was a lot of time on the road, but again, it was it was special. It was special, yeah. and those guys you, you see them go through so much with their bodies, you know, yeah. you know, backwards flips and all these somersaults, and they get injured. Crazy, and, yeah, some crazy <laughs> stuff. But it it was it was it was exciting. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, hey, do you have any like parting thoughts? Um, you know, as we're as we're kind of wrapping up here. Yeah, no, I just again. Thanks for having me on the show. And, um, you know, this story is a story of impact, right? And sometimes in sports, we measure success by championships and gold medals only, right? And, and we wasn't able to do that. But, you know, what entrepreneurship did, what these coaches did, what we did, how we showed up, overcoming the fear of water, right? Yeah. Um, not, not liking each other at first, but becoming a brotherhood right? Um, starting businesses and hiring those who look like us in our communities and teaching our kids a sport that is so foreign. Those are all medals for us, right? And I think it's something that we should all embrace because you look at the Rocky story, you know, he didn't beat Apollo Creed, right? But he got in a ring, right? And yeah. he became a people's champ and that made an impact, right? And, um, and so I think that's what, that's what it's all about. And uh, I hope the world the world can, can can see it in that way that we use sports. We can use sports. We can use our platform to get a great message out there to give, right? Our time, our talent, our treasure. And that's what's important. So now I am working, we started our most beautiful thing inclusion fund where we will bring growing, right? Into communities like mine. And that's is so, so exciting for us. And we have a good team around it. And uh, so we're working on that. And I'm also working on, you know, this 2028 goal, you know, 2028, the Olympics is going to be in LA and our country. Right. And I have a passion for young black men, right. Really helping young black men. And there's yeah. never been a black man who rode on American soil in the Olympics. Wow. And so right now I'm identifying those young people and, and really getting them the tools and the access and opportunity they need to make sure that boat represents the diversity in our country. And, um, and so it's, it's all good stuff. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Where can people kind of support, uh, you mentioned the most beautiful thing fund. Where can people find that to support? Yeah. You can find it on a most beautiful thing website. Okay. Yep. Perfect. And I'll link it right here too. So I would highly suggest supporting it. I'm going to do that as soon as we're done talking. So. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, but thanks for like, going after it you know what i mean you the way the way you stayed you stuck with me you know what i mean you, you should have been a rower <laughs> i was i was saying i was trying to do it in a midwestern polite and not annoying way i don't know if i pulled it off <laughs> no you did it wasn't like that east coast persistency right it was like it was yeah. like that midwestern type so man i appreciate that i hope man if you ever in new york email yeah. me if i ever make it to colorado yeah but, man uh, hit you up and, oh, yeah. and, and run through the woods like a Bigfoot. Run through the you woods know? like a Bigfoot, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, you know, I still haven't done that yet. You know, you know, I, 
I'm sure there's a couple hesitations like I had at the sport of rowing, but, uh, you know, I, I love to check it out. <laughs> you would love it. You would love it, man. You get on those mountaintops and just looking down on everything and it's a crazy feeling. It's probably like being out on the water somewhat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Right. Well, thanks, Arshay, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Stay in touch. And also the film will release also on Amazon Prime uh, October 30th. So, and the soundtrack for the film, the soundtrack was great, right? I was, a, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Cause I was looking <laughs> it up today. I was like, where can you find the act like that? Yeah. October soundtrack? 30th, the soundtrack will drop. Sweet, so man. look out, well, look out for that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Hey, uh, yeah. Thanks again, man. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. See ya. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the show. Um, huge thanks to Arshay. Uh, a, a most beautiful thing. Check it out right now. Um, you can see that on Amazon Prime or The Peacock. That's where I watched it. <laughs> that was like the NBC streaming uh, service. So, And check out his book. His book is great. They're both, both the documentary and the book like go so well together. And I think it'll really give you an idea of, of his story. And it'll give you, it's what I love about books. And it's what I love about films and it's the idea that it gives you this window into someone else's lives we all have our own experiences um and yet the more we can understand and uh you know they always talk say like walk a mile in someone else's shoes um that kind of idea the more we can understand about someone else and their perspectives and where they're coming from uh will give us some empathy for other other people and right now as we're it's seemingly super divided super isolated just reminding ourselves of humanity and everybody is so just incredibly important right now um and so i just i love that i loved his i love the film and love the book so much so i can't say that enough um i do want to i do want you guys to think about just when you think about your lives think about the opportunities that you've had. Now, sometimes we don't take those opportunities. Sometimes we choose not to take them. But, but I want you to think about all the opportunities for success that was actually presented to you. Because when I think about a most beautiful thing, I think about this kid who walked into the cafeteria and there was a boat there and a sign that said free pizza. And that was his moment of opportunity. He could have chose to ignore it, but he didn't. And that opportunity has led him to where he's at right now. The lessons he learned through sport, through teamwork, through community, and his chance to shine as a leader is what brought him the success that he's reaping the rewards from right now. And let me tell you, I'm someone who works with young people every day. I work with 13 or 12 and 13 year olds as a, at my school. Man, young kids are talented. They are. There are some talents out there in every, in every way, right? I have kids who are wonderfully artistic. I have kids who are amazing athletes. Um, I have kids who are talented in ways they, they don't fully understand and they don't realize yet. But with that right opportunity for a kid to shine, that can be 
life changing. And so when Arshe talks about the power of an opportunity and basically the idea is the fairness of opportunities. Is every kid able to get the same opportunities depending on where they live, depending on their race? That is huge. We need to understand that we need to work as a culture to give people opportunities give them their chance to shine i love looking around my classroom and seeing the different talents the different skills that all my students have and some of them don't believe me (laughs) when i tell them that they are the most talented at being themselves right at the skills that they have within them they are the most talented but they have to realize it, right? We all are born with these innate strengths, but we have to have a chance to realize them. And Arshe and his team had that chance. And had they not had that chance, who knows how life would have went, right? But you have to understand, we have to be able to kind of open our eyes to our own opportunities to give other people opportunities, right? The more your eyes are open to that, because you have chances all the time to let someone shine for you, to let somebody have an opportunity for growth in some way or another. And just are we taking those? Are we really, really, really out there promoting this kind of equality of opportunities for every person? So just something to think about this week. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's it for the episode. Uh, Arshe, thank you for coming on. I really, uh, (laughs) like I mentioned in the show, I hope I was being persistent, but in like a cool, nice Midwestern-y way. Uh, Cause I emailed him like three or four times, uh, over the last couple of months. And I was like, Hey man, just, uh, just wondering if, if I could chat with you, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your story. I'm super inspired by it. Um, yeah. And he's just the kindest guy and he has a great message to spread. Um, and I know I got nerdy there with the Newton's third law thing. Uh, that was on my mind. I was teaching science, but the whole idea is every action has an equal opposite reaction. It's kind of the idea of karma. Almost the, what, what are you putting out there? Um, are you putting out there positivity? Are you helping others? Are you helping your neighbor? Are you being kind to the people around you? Because that's probably going to pay off in the long run. Versus, are you being a jerk? Are you holding someone down? Because that's going to be way, way, way detrimental to you and your soul and your spirit in the long run. So, all right, guys, that wraps it up. Uh, Yeah, we'll join you guys next week. Have a good week.